0: Yeah, if I mean, Promise is basically then. like the Queen of England at this point, right? He's just a mortal. <laughs> he's, be- he's basically the movie version of Boromir, just taking arrow after arrow while all the rest of his teammates fuck off and hide behind the sofa and pretend they haven't had anything to do with how shit that team is, so.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Side Selects. We've got a special episode for you guys today. We're doing LEC Awards. It's, uh, it's the midway point of the Spring Split. So we're here to give out some sexy awards to uh, the teams and the players and just talk a little bit about how the first few weeks of LEC have gone. My name is Rock Shop. I'll be your host today and I'm joined by the lovely Thorin and Rich. Last time I introduced you guys, I threw you out by uh, not asking about your breakfast, your lunch or your dinner, but your favourite colour and you're actually a little bit upset with me. So I feel like I kind of want to make it up to you guys and actually ask you about your dinner today. So Thorin, what have you had for dinner? Has it been exciting?
2: thing is, just because of my schedule, like, I tend to eat a bit later for my actual dinner. So I haven't had my dinner yet, but and this is a ridiculous stereotype, but I actually genuinely have had a cheese toastie. And yes, I do live in the Netherlands. That's not even (laughs) just a meme. But it's not like I have more time. I just went to my favorite spot. I will say they didn't have any fucking bacon, so whatever. was a salty, but I did what I could, you know. That's
1: poor... I mean, cheese toastie by itself is still fine, but yeah, you're a little it's bit bagging. better than the yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like a yeah, as
2: Well, of course, you know, they've got like quality bread and all that stuff. Don't worry, I'm a pleb, so I still get cheddar as the cheese. I don't, I don't go like, I don't go special or anything, you know. All
1: right, cheese toastie for throwing rich, mate. Come on, what have you got? Is it as exciting as that? Can you beat the cheese toastie?
0: I feel like cheese toastie is what uh, Colin Coward used when he was doing that bit on how nerdy esports players, wasn't he? It's like the cheese toastie's <laughs> ready in the microwave, so maybe he had... Uh mystery sports in mind that whole time (laughs) who knows maybe he did maybe he was secretly aware of us all this time and he's actually a closet fan so
2: you know the saddest thing is like you know everyone always says like everyone that they like in esports should for example the classic one is should go on Joe Rogan's podcast It's all by the way spoiler it's invitation only like you don't just get to invite yourself on but it's worse than that dude the one that was obvious to me I can't believe no fans figured this out is what you actually want if you want the esports mainstream crossover is me to go on one of those shows with Skip Bayless Stephen A. Smith Colin Ka- that would be fucking yeah. box office I'll tell you right now because here's the other thing I also know like the way that game's played so I, I'd let them get their points off you know but don't worry I would absolutely bury all those guys it'd be <laughs> amazing I'm telling you right now. Now. i actually don't disagree
1: at all if there's anyone from the esports scene who i'd want to go on like a mainstream talk show oh, love it there <laughs> that would be fantastic it really would let's move on there from wait you didn't tell me for, for dinner wait no 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 no. rewind that's a cop out well, no, dinner? dinner?
0: unfortunately i've also uh fallen into the esports stereotype and i made myself a bowl of nachos didn't i because i also haven't actually had dinner realized it was going to be a bit tight schedule-wise, so just popped a few tortilla chips, chucked some cheese on it, bit of salsa, job Jeez. done. So
1: we, uh, and I had leftovers, so like, I guess it's just the eSports trifecta here. Are you sure that's Jeez. not your
0: uh, place on the right schedule, Box?
1: Mate, I wish. I'm not even in leftovers, mate. I'm just rotting in the bin somewhere. Moving on rapidly, we're talking about our first award of the day, guys. Uh, we're not going to do anything like, you know, best team so far and anything like that, because just, you know, look at the standings, you'll you'll, you'll find that out. Uh, we'll we'll uh, do some awards that we can debate a little bit more and talk about. So first things first, I want to know who the most surprising team has been. This can be good, surprising in the best of ways, or bad, and surprising in the most astralis of ways. Actually, that's not even surprising. to too fair, is it? It's just terrible. Uh, I'm going to start with, uh, with Thorin here. Who is the most surprising team for you so far in the LEC?
2: By the way, just briefly, I'd like to say as a preamble as well, I actually think, even though this is just for fun, obviously, we're just, like, giving our it's not an official award or anything Like, we're not even going to send a trophy to anyone as it is. But one thing I do think is good is I've always said the biggest flaw of the split format is people only remember the playoffs of the split anyway, so you can have scenarios where, like, someone leads the whole split at, like, the midway point, but if you drop off before the playoffs, people just talk like you would trash the whole split, so I actually think this could be interesting in a few years. If some players, for example, have a, a bad 2nd half. To of the split we'll be able to find out from this so I would say unfortunately despite what you set up there of like it's not about the best team unfortunately the team that is number one in the LEC at the time of recording they have just lost the first game to Astralis but they were nine and zero before that when we planned this episode so it has to be rogue because to me when I looked at the off season I'm kind of like most people on paper they did lose their two best players and in terms of inspired he actually seemed like the guy who was like the engine of the whole team the team basically almost seemed like it was a vehicle for him to be the best jungler in the West. So to me, when they lost those players, I looked at the people they replaced them with, and I'm like, these are all right, I guess. But like, surely it can't be as good a team. And so for me, like, I thought it could have been a team. Look, it was a playoff team. Like, it's clearly a playoff team. But I thought, like, even best case scenario, we're talking like third or fourth, this isn't a team that's going to win LEC, but I look at the split so far and even having seen the Astralis game that they've lost, this is the best team in the LEC at the moment, like by a, a large margin and in not just in terms of the win rate like you look at the playing style, they're the team that have identified seemingly what the, what type of team they are, how they play they've even integrated the new player Malrang particularly, like way better than I think anyone could have anticipated, so as much as it sound, might sound like a cop out to pick the team that hadn't lost a game I didn't, I, if you told me there would be all these teams that were like five and four and and, you know, like a big pack. They, this team should have been right in that mix for me, so I'm I'm very impressed. I would never have expected Rogue could be this good.
1: Fair answer, Rich. What about you? Has Rogue also surprised you the most?
0: See, the thing is, I'm not gonna lie. My preseason predictions, at least for the start of the split, were basically completely correct. So I'm I'm actually struggling with this one. <laughs> I said Rogue would start really fast. I thought Maorang was going to basically jungle diff everyone at the start of the season. That's I think true. You that. Gap, start, yeah, I think mean, that gap will probably close a bit, and he he is kind of a doing this sort of coin flippy type style, which I don't think you can get away with for for a whole season. But I think, and I'm going to say this in like, you know, the least narcissistic way I possibly can, even though I feel like I basically predicted every team, how they would start. I thought the Fnatic and Vitality would be slow, but start to ramp up at about the midpoint, which I think they are. I said G2 as well. I said they'd be the other team that would start fast with Rogue. I think they've started pretty decently. Um, so having said all that, and obviously everyone knew SK and Astralis were going to be battling it out for who's the least bad at, the, at uh, the video game. So having said all that for me it is actually still rogue. Cause even though, as you said, they did just lose, although I would kind of asterisk that a little bit by saying they completely trolled a uh, trolled draft. And I assume they really just make sense. Tro- Yeah, just trying shit out for fun. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually still going to go with rogue. Cause I wouldn't, if, if you said, Oh, what? So they're going to go undefeated. I wouldn't have, I'd have said no, hell no. They'll probably like seven and two, six and three tied first or something like that. So, And also, I'm surprised at how seamless it's looked as well. It's not just like, again, caveating this last game, but it's basically been like, oh, against the bad teams, they absolutely goomba-stomp them. Against the good teams, they look a class ahead. Like, the other teams still look fine. When they played Vitality, Vitality looked like a good team. Rogue just looked way better. So, yeah, for me, even though I thought they probably or had a very good chance of being first at this point, I've got to agree, and I've, I've still got to say Rogue.
1: I think honestly, this is this is probably one where there's a, a right answer, and I think Rogue is the right answer. I'm going to have to agree with you guys. You can make arguments for other teams, Rogue being a bit a bit surprising. Uh, XL in, in in seventh right now, like one one win away from playoffs. Yeah, that's absolutely shocking. We've never seen that before. But but legit, like I for me at least, like it's it's looking exactly like I I kind of expected, bar Rogue. You know, Rogue being undefeated in that first half of the split. That's it. We got to give it to them. We got to give them as the most uh, the most surprising team, and for good reason. That Astralis game, I don't, yeah, that, that's interesting in and of itself. Astralis, by the way, was zero nine before that game as well. Like they hadn't won a single game so interesting stuff there but that's what it takes to beat a nine and zero team you bring in a, a zero nine team moving on then our next award here is for the best roster move in the off season. Off offseason such a fun time for league Legends or any sport any sport actually because it's all about it's like it's like kids you're playing cards again you know you just get to predict what's going to happen and like oh my goodness this guy's going here and how's that going to work and uh, you never really know that's the thing right? Like, you don't know how it's going to work out and there's always uh things that don't go according to plan, like most super teams in the history of esports, uh, and things that go a lot better than you would expect. So, in hindsight now, we get to play the fun hindsight game, this midway point of the split. Who has been the best roster move uh, that we saw in that off-season? I came to you first, in last time. So, Rich, I'm throwing to you, best off-season move so far?
0: Um, I think there's a couple of contenders. Obviously, I think what most people would immediately gravitate to is Maorang, I guess. Um, Is that the obvious one, yeah? I think Unforgiven's mm. also been a good signing. But actually, for me, it's going to be between two players. I'm going to say Comp uh, and Perks. And even though, like... I think Perks has actually played pretty well this split, to be honest, in a lot of the games. Um, and I, I'm kind of also projecting forward a bit because this is almost more of a team award than it is a player award right if it's a player award Mm. i can't give it to perks yet because i don't think he's done enough to like go over comp and maurang but as a team award and what when we'll look back and sort of anticipating the future a little bit i would say perks because i think he'll probably have given the most added value obviously they paid a shit ton for that value right so it's not like the best value uh, bucket bargain deal of the of the split but i think in terms of if we take the sort of monetary side out of it, I think I think I'd actually go for perks. As I said, Maorang has been really good at doing what he's done so far, but I'm also anticipating he's going to drop off a bit, or not necessarily drop off, but the other junglers are going to figure him out. So I'm actually going to say perks.
1: Yeah, I think that was I think that was an interview. Was it with um, Was it Razok who said that that Maorang's being a bit of a coin flippy player with his uh, games? Oh
0: yeah,
1: yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah that might just come true as well like we might see him falling off a bit but he has been exceptional so far honestly uh something about the korean junglers when they come in shades of trick back in the old g2 days dorian who's your roster move of uh this point in the split
2: I would echo a similar sentiment in that the most obvious one especially in like what we just said about Rogue and the fact that they were undefeated at least prior to this last game on paper it should be whoever they brought in one of their players and of the two players the most influential looks like Malrang my problem is this though I'm actually also going to settle on perks because I'm not even going to go with the angle he did of like projected forward just looking at what we've seen so far this is the problem analytically with why I can't say Malrang because it's not like if Malrang had joined Astralis he'd be doing all this shit and he'd be amazing and everyone would be going wow what a great signing so the problem with that is he essentially is enabling other pieces that are already on the team and spoiler as everyone found out I don't know why this is a mystery to people that Odo Amne is still a good player that seems to be something everyone has like it seems like it's like I'm in the movie fucking Memento except it's all you guys that have amnesia like I really have to convince you like Odo Amne is good Saraz so is good like give me a break mate like these players are just always good tell me when they're not good is what I'd like to know but then the other player that everyone's now remembered oh that's weird he's a really good player is Larson. The guy who basically was like an MVP candidate over a year ago, if you remember in the 2020 version of Rogue, he was fucking banging. He's one of the best players in the whole league. So people have again discovered that when you have these players and you have the right player to activate them, very differently to Inspired, I will say that's I think that's part of why role looks so good but the difference is without perks and vitality like vitality would be like a barely a playoff team at this point in time like to me he's far and away the most influential player I actually do think uh, after the first week at least he's really got his game together like he looks he doesn't look anything like the streaky player he was when he was in cloud Nine. his picks look the same still picks shit like Yasuo but he's not a guy who dints his face off now like somehow he's even like stabilized his game he's actually like the, the crazy thing is right now you could make a real case per Perks is a better mid laner than Caps is, and that was considered blasphemy at any point in the last three or four years because everyone just worshipped Caps, didn't they? So to me, I think already he's he's the centerpiece of that team. I think he's the reason they're so good. And I actually, if you want to track forwards, I also think Marang's more likely to fall off, whereas I only expect Perks to be better when he comes to the playoffs. So I think even though it's the big like roster move, like the big marquee name, I think it lives up to the billing.
1: I, I I'm going to go a similar direction as well. And it's between Mauro and Comp for me. I think Comp's been like he he's he's been pretty underrated, I would say as well, because people like Mauro and are kind of taking the spotlight in Roger and even the solid laners as well, like have, have been very solid. Um, but seeing as he had Hans Summers' shoes to fill, uh, he's done very very well. And, and bear in mind, this is a bloke who got who got benched right for um for for sure. yep. yeah, <laughs> last split. like yeah, I think. Uh, I have to say, like, bringing him in was, yeah, he he's very much exceeded expectations for me. Uh, but to be honest as well, I'm, I just think Malonek's sounds so good at the first half of the split. I echo his sentiments, maybe he will fall off. Mentioned that in, in, in interview before with El Yoya as well. Don't know whether that's just as him being salty about another jungler being good, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I...
0: He de- to honest, I would say that he, de- he definitely overplayed that card of like, oh, uh, he's just basically right. coin flipping every time and, oh, every single game, nine games in a row, multiple times per game, it's landed heads. Like, give me a break. Like, that is, was also a case of... <laughs> I would say, by the way, that, you know, I don't have anything against El Yeo or whatever, but that interview just reads like here's my barrel of excuse, pre-made excuses I've mm. written on my my notepad, right? Like he also said that now he's like, oh, humanoid used to help out with the shot calling, but now it's all on me. Well, to be honest, again, if someone like Perks was to, to say that, they would then probably follow it up by saying, good, now I get to make sure I'm in yeah. full control of the game and none of these morons have a say. But instead it's more like, <laughs> woe is me, the weight of the world's on my, give me a fucking break, mate. Like if he's so bad and he's just coin flipping, then why didn't you just outplay him? Like the first five minutes of every game is basically, basically jungler v jungler like the lanes aren't impacting your role particularly unless something drastic happens so do something fucking about it stop complaining so yeah
1: well we'll see if it. he lives up to those in the yeah well that's it at this point fine you played against him once that you have your excuse as far as i'm concerned your excuse works for one game second game we'll have to see how that goes in the second round robin um, yeah, Marang for me is is the best roster move. But I do want to. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do one of those strange abstract things here and say what I was most impressed with in the off season was the fact that Excel stuck with Marcus and Advian, um, and <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> <not> and then he <laughs> Okay, And then they bloody ripped Advian out of the team and shoved Mickey X in instead. Because I, I was thinking it was like, yo, this is so cool. Like the promising rookies. That played really well when they were like just thrust into it in last year, and it's like you, you keep him around, fantastic stuff. Let's go build around that stuff and find Excel. Like, yeah, good job. I'm really proud of you. And, and it started off good. Like Markoon was uh, playing well. Uh, Avian was playing well. And as a team honestly looked fairly decent. Um, but I can't even. Yeah, Avian's now in the bin. So that's uh, that's unfortunate for him. And. I can't give that award to Excel anymore. So it's going for me. It's going to Maorang. He's the best roster move of the offseason. Let's move along to the best rookie of the mid-split as well now then. We have a few options here. Maorang, as we just mentioned, for the best roster move he can get in here. But we've got Rika, Unforgiven, Dior, Blackidge, X matty and Surtus. As with all LEC splits, there's always a bunch of new rookies. No exception. This split, who has impressed you the most so far at this point? Dorian, who is your favourite rookie?
2: Uh, The problem is, just by my own kind of terminology, I understand why technically, even if, like, fucking... Obviously, example would be, like, even if, like, Faker joins the LEC, technically he would be considered a rookie. Like, I don't Mm. think that should count personally for Malrang. Like, he's not a rookie to me. So if I look at the other names on the list, I actually think the name I'm going to go with is... and by the way, in similar fashion, if you want to go the other way, I think the idea that like someone like Synchrov can't be on there because he played like fucking eight games for the shit's more yeah. in like three years. Like, really? You can't get on for that? So to me, rookie's more like, oh, it's real. Are I, I, you a true rookie? So what I would say is this. Of the names on that of the list that we've sort of narrowed down, I think I'm going to go with Unforgiven from Mad Lions. Mm-hmm. I think up until about like... It was almost like the last game they played. He was just looking mega in all the matches. Like He looks like he look, barely ever dies. Does, basically, he does exactly what you'd want from an AD carry. He seems to be playing the role to, fantastically, especially for a rookie and especially someone who's coming in feeling enormous shoes in the fucking reigning championship team. So, yeah, I've, I've just been I've pretty much impressed almost every game I've watched him play, I think. What about you, Rich? Uh,
1: definitions of rookies aside, because I actually agree with you throwing there for sure. Like I think it's more the spirit of it rather than the, the letter of the law. But either way uh are you convinced by Unforgiven as well is Maorang going to take yeah. it even though so,
0: it i don't i genuinely don't know if Maorang gets put in the ballot i think he does right i actually mm. do think he does and from if, if we go in like letter of the law gun to my head who is the best player who has played on this list it's Maorang, obviously
2: Right, so just to confirm, you are saying for real that if like rookie joins LEC next year, he gets to be rookie of the split. Uh, I mean, that's obviously you know, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? He actually also gets to be like yeah, rookie of split because the because the, okay.
0: the, the the because rookie of the split means everyone who is in the category of rookie who has been the best of that. Yeah, so, true. Yeah, so it, I'm it, just that's
2: saying true. it's going to look like a whack fucking image if we go and here we go, rookie. You've won yeah. the LEC <laughs> rookie of the split. It's going to look so stupid wow. in it, but why? Okay, as long as we define the rules,
0: it's fine. Let's not pretend that rookie of the split in the LEC wouldn't be the pinnacle of his career, right? He should be fucking grateful if that day ever happens. But no, I think, again, if I'm going on spirit of the rule, then yeah, I think Unforgiven would take it. As I said, I'd give it, if he counted, I'm not actually sure how much he played, but I would give it to Sinkrov, actually. uh, That's a pretty
2: good shout too, yeah. If if
0: he counts, I don't think that he counts, but I'm not sure. So, of the people that I believe are eligible, I would say Unforgiven. And I think it's highlighted something quite interesting to me, which is unforgiven to me has played better than kazi ever played on mad lines this is just my personal opinion and they're just not actually that good or anywhere near i mean again regular season mad lines can't take it too seriously but i do think they've lost a lot in humanoid also even though as salty and uh as you know a bit weak as i felt that el yoya interview was it did sound like they lost more than just his sick midplay when Humanoid left MAD. So if it actually turns out that people were misallocating Kazi's supposed contribution to their macro for humanoids, then Vitality have really signed a shit AD carry. But I guess time will tell with that one. So yeah, again, spirit of the rule, I I would agree. And I'd say I'm forgiven. Also, I would also just say, I don't think Reek has actually been that bad. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I think Humanoid did probably leave a huge hole. And again, MAD is a team... Because they have good coaching staff um, and because of just the nature of their players, they do tend to ramp up as the season goes on. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if they still had something to say in playoffs. I also, to be honest, wouldn't be surprised if they actually just didn't make playoffs.
1: Mm. At this point, it's it's totally viable. Like they're only one win in a playoff spot. Like they could absolutely fall off at some point. Especially they're quite a young team now. You know, they, they obviously with uh, Armor out, El- 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 Yoya and, and Kaiser staying. Um, there, there's there's bounds of of experience there, but just when you've got mid and jungle, uh, sorry, mid and bot as your uh, like complete rookies, then that's definitely gonna gonna take a toll. Especially if, as you say, humanoid did have more of a impact on that team behind. That's the also
2: teams. why I think if synkrov would qualify i would probably have picked him because like i think his team is fucking terrible i think it looks it's even worse than it looked on paper like on paper it was supposed to have all these people who had potential a bunch of those players like his solo lanes are looking fucking whack in the lec synchroff looks good most games mate he looks like the first, uh, the, uh, the initial portion before the lanes fuck everything up it looks like he's usually actually one of the better junglers in the whole lec
1: yeah i i 100 if 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 have counted which he should as as the spirit of rookie, of the split goes. He really should. If he counted, I'd give it to him hands down. If Maron counts, I think he has to take it. And as boring as it sounds, I'm just gonna agree with you as well. As it stands, Unforgiven uh, I'm, I'm would be my my pick outside of that as well. I do. I, he's he's done well. He's done really well. And I think knowing this guy as well for like his reputation in the regional leagues and just as a player before he even really became pro, the fact that he's able to translate his, like, one-trick status into LEC. I'm always quite impressed when players can do that. So, uh, yeah, Unforgiven's been pretty good. Moving on now, let's go to the most unsung hero. I love these kind of underdog awards. Uh, players who who have stood out for you guys that haven't really been given the spotlight but still been fundamental to their team's success, even if their team isn't succeeding. Um, I think I might know who you guys are going to pick for this one, but I'm going to come to you, Thorin, first. Who's uh, the unsung hero of the
2: LEC at this point? Right, this is where the one problem I have with the whole unsung angle is it implies that I sort of know what other people's takes are. And on this one, I'm not sure, because I think it's basically cool. what I just talked I think it's Syncroff, it's got to be. Like, mm. it, look how bad his team is. Realistically, I think most people have come to the conclusion his team is bad and they're not going to win many games. And almost certainly at this point in time, they like, aren't going to be a playoff team, for example. But like and I also feel like this is the problem I've noticed in general even along, among a lot of my friends who are experts at League of Legends who I do consider like some of the most knowledgeable people I've noticed jungle is the hardest role for them to also like figure out like in isolation how good the player is hence why like for example coming into this split if you'd have asked people right which of these junglers is going to do really well people would have been telling you that Shlatan is going to be like one of the best LEC junglers because that's what the RLs might have told them from what they saw but they were talking about different different teammates on your team different opposition totally different level of play macro understand so to me if i just look at the league i'm guessing a lot of fans who don't have the eye test for jungler just gonna think how good can he be like what's he doing or maybe look at the scoreboard or something which for jungle probably the stupidest fucking possible metric to use and so they're gonna look at the team and think well the team sucks i'm sure he can't be that good whereas like as i said before like i think in isolation he's probably one of the best junglers in lec what about you rich who's your answering hero
0: so I've actually kind of cheated on this category in the sense that I kind of know what the community perception of that BDS team is and the perception basically is it's Synchro one B 9 Oh, so, fair enough. So, right, yeah, okay. I, I, so I'm, I'm not going to go for Synchro even though I, I would have if I didn't have the same information. For me, once I've put uh, Synchro out of the picture, it's actually quite an easy one. I think it's Trimby. Um when you consider mm. that essentially what we're doing is a regular season award right regardless of how hard this guy might choke or how hard his teammates might choke yeah, uh, yeah, of course. once we get to playoffs there's <laughs> no denying like how good he's been like he's been a monster in lane super consistent really good on engage in- champions um i feel that most of the sort of shine has been on the other players in rogue or some of the other players obviously Maorang's the obvious one but also comp because you know shiny new signing and because Trimby's a mainstay. He goes a bit more under the radar, and I think if most people were listing how good the performers have been in uh, Rogue, they might put or most would probably put Trimby as fifth. Which, by the way, wouldn't necessarily be inaccurate, but it doesn't. It still doesn't mean that he's not been one really good and two an unsung hero. So yeah, I'll, I'll actually go with uh, uh, I'll go with Trimby for that one. The other thing I would say as well is, as good as Maorang's been, um, you are playing jungle on easy mode when Otto and Larson are your solo laners like it does make the game massively easier whereas I mean other than I guess some kind of attention that's you know uh, uh, taken into consideration when you're isolated in at the bottom of the map you're playing out your lane and how well Otto's smashing some kid in top lane really isn't that as directly impacted as it is for the for the jungler so yeah I'd say I'd say Trimby
1: you've also got to learn new synergy with your ADC right like Trimby's playing with comp for the first time so yeah, I think that's a good pick as well. Um I mean I've just been agreeing with you guys the whole time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up a bit and say Vitero for Misfits. Uh, I, I think Misfits are potentially overperforming, maybe. Like they're they're like one win away from being like second place in the LEC. Uh, they've been doing really well and the big reason for that in my opinion is Vitero. I think he's been the best member of Misfits. Considering as well they had a pretty big shake up in their in their roster situation as well. You know, they, they changed so much around there and uh Avatero's not only managed to kind of stay steady in that mid lane but i think he's probably looking even better to be honest so he goes for my unsung hero. I don't think a lot of people are talking about Misfits in general, to be honest. Um, I don't wonder why that is. Like, do you reckon that's just like a narrative thing? Like, are they a less interesting team to talk about? Because it's all about, you know, even the teams that aren't even in the playoff spots, like BDS, for example. We get a lot of a lot of talk about, you know, Vitality, Mad Lions. Basically, everyone everyone in the playoff spot, apart from Misfits, seems to have a spotlight on them. Rogue, Fnatic, G two, Mad Lions, and Vitality. Is that just me, or, or or do you think Misfits kind of gets?
0: I mean, the- I would say oh. that to be honest, do a better job branding. If you're if you're not being talked about, you're doing something wrong. It's not all just down to the players. The players show up and they play every game and they do what they're told to do. Beyond that, uh, beyond the rift, as it were. So obviously, XL have kind of cheated a little bit in that aspect that they have more you know light on them because they made a player swap. So obviously, that's going to generate talk and hype or whatever. But Misfits haven't really said or done anything to make people care about them particularly right like even the signings that they made like promoting your academy jungler to your main juggler it's not other than in these situations it's not that interesting unless you as an organization make it interesting it's your job to tell his story and why people should be interested by the fact that Shlatan's been promoted they didn't do that in my opinion and a lot of the mainstays that are still there they haven't they haven't really developed storylines. How oh, big as it
2: personalities do they?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. W- the thing is with VTO as well, in my opinion, VTO is one of the most talented mid laners in Europe, like talent-wise. And I would be, you know, trying to build something around how this guy is going to be, you know, before games against G2, like Viteo against Caps, like trying to build up him against Perks, whatever, these kinds of storylines. I just haven't really seen anything at all. So I-, I do agree that they're not really a quote-unquote talked-about team, but I don't think they really deserve to be based on you know, their own output in that sense.
2: I also think that that team is fucking Vethio 1v9, mate. Like, Egypt is the whole <laughs> team, as far as I can tell. Like, the others just actually, they're either boring personalities or they're just not that great players. Like, most of the other players haven't been very good in the team for me.
1: That speaks to Visier's strength, then, if they're at six and four with a team that He's just, just not, mate. He genuinely yeah, looks yeah. really good, yeah. doesn't he? I agree. I still consider him like a really young player in the LEC, but this is like maybe his third split now, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's been around for quite, well, relatively speaking, a while, but uh, yeah, he's still he's still a fresh face for me. Anyway, let's move on here. From one talented mid-laner to another, the Leader Award. Now, we're not... Ugh, mate, he can't, he, can't, he can't dodge bullets even when he's not even playing in the LEC, but... I would say,
0: is... I feel a bit bad about calling it the Leader Award because it's obviously it's re- replacing the Dardé Award, right? And he was not anywhere near as catastrophically bad as Dardé was versus his reputation, yeah. but i yes. gotta got make it european and gotta make it a little bit spicy and honestly Absolutely. looking back i couldn't really think of someone else who had sort of flattered to deceive more than leader so it is what it is
1: that's true i'm just trying to maybe the was it spirit who played jungle fanatic is his name spirit i can't remember if that was his spirit name. yeah he was pretty shit I mean he just it. farmed
2: that's the problem because also, it was the worst ever Fnatic team if you remember that was the shit one yeah. with Gambsu and that, so, that was great. wasn't a great time
1: for, for context what the leader award is is the player that's come in with high expectations and failed to deliver um, now let's maybe it's a bit controversial to say the leader award I feel a bit bad for him but Let's just say, you know, leaders is very talented. The premise, yeah. High expectations for him. So it's actually- I mean, by the
2: way, I will say, the problem is this. It's not like people just said leader should be in LEC. People either were totally against him and thought he's like overrated and shit, or the other angle most people had was the reason he has to be in LEC is he might be the next Caps. So that really was the angle. Like, yeah. but everyone can retcon it now. But, like, I, and by the way, I was in that camp. Like, I thought you should give him a chance. His fucking mechanics look nuts, didn't they?
1: Indeed. So who is going to be the uh, winner of our leader award today? The, the, as a reminder, the player who has high expectations but
2: hasn't performed so far, Thorne, who's your pick? Ooh, let me think. This might be a tough one. Because the problem is, if we're going with the angle that like, there, it has to be about like how high the expectations... Like, since you're someone who's supposed to be one of the absolute best but hasn't done it, I, yeah. I think there's some pretty controversial ones, but I might be... Like, for example, I'm tempted to pick... Razork from Fnatic, for example. I thought he was just going to be the best jungler in the whole LEC. And actually, I would have to say so far, I think just in terms of how he looks like he fits into the team, it looks really looks really a bit wonky at the moment. Like, I think that's still yet to be fixed. And I think it's a little bit alarming. Because I would have said coming in, if Razork, Humanoid, and Hillisang all put it, like, you just can't beat for Like they, can't, they have the whole center of the map. Like, But I think that's actually where those are the lanes that don't seem to even be on the same page. So I'm I'm going to say Razork is shocking. Like I said, I don't, think he's be, I don't think he's close to the best jungler at the moment. I, I think that's
1: fair. I, de- I definitely don't think he's lived up to his e- expectations. Razog was going to be the person I was going to pick for this, by the way. So let's see who really? you pick. Me. Okay. That's interesting. I yeah,
0: well, I, yeah, but for me, he's, he's not in the picture. I mean, I do agree that if, I mean, if we go on past performances, and expectation if you add Razork to the pieces around it feels like Fnatic should have been default first right like I mean I think that is fair having said that individually I don't feel like he's been that bad I feel like his pathing is still like really high tier I think the synergy is just off um so he's not on my list I think that's more of a team synergy problem I would say um, well,
2: do you know where I'm you're putting going. You've put yourself in a corner here, mate, because you're making it sound like they have to have enormous expectations, but then they're really bad. Who in the league has enormous expectations is really bad? It's not well, no, one. Here,
0: But here's where I'm going with this, because my, my three are all top laners, and one of them Wonder. Because I think he's been garbage, and I think he's <laughs> one of the reasons why Fnatic have been off. Oh, do half the community yeah. think he's shit and shouldn't
2: even be in LEC?
0: No, I don't think. I don't think so at all. Like I think, I think that it was like the, the storyline for Wonder was like, "This is the regeneration of Wonder." Like, oh, you're gonna regret letting yeah. him go to Fnatic G2. Like, I feel that was a big storyline. The other two adam who i think kind of speaks for itself oh like, yeah, right? that's actually that,
2: that one could be a good one Actually, yeah, he's, he's on. straight, he's straight up yeah, sprinted yes. some games and if we yes. talk about <laughs> the
0: context of like syncrob and uh, you know his twitloggers yeah, or whatever like this guy he's a double agent as far as i'm concerned as of right now obviously you can turn it around but Jesus Christ. The games that they have won, and this guy just decided to dive into the back line with zero support over and over again. It's unbelievable. And the third one. See,
2: the also... problem I've got there, Rich, is because in my brain, I never did buy that Adam was that good. I've just deleted that, like, community. Because right. you are right, by the way. The community was so high on him last year, and they also implied. I remember people being glad he went to BDS from Fnatic. I remember just thinking, like, do you even know the way sports work? Why would you want a player to leave Chelsea and go to, like, fucking, like, Fulham or something, you idiot? Like, how could that? <laughs> ever be a better move for him like you're not a fan of his at that point in time
0: Oh, uh, what you know. you've missed though is they're both french so that was very really the, <laughs> the only crux of the problem but again adam was one where people were saying like uh all oh, fanatics gonna regret letting him yeah go over. Yep. and yeah definitely not and the third one maybe this is my spiciest one but this might actually be the player i'm going with because i think it best represents the award is alfari i actually think alfari's not been very good outside of lane like in terms of like the bigger mm. if you were basically if you'd asked the question beforehand like wonder adam alfari or whatever just take any top laner and say who do you think will be the best performing top laner i think most people would have said either otto or alfari but probably most would have said alfari just based going off the last time he was seen in lec and he has been by far like nowhere near the best performing top laner he's been really good in lane sometimes although he's played quite disrespectfully in a lot of matchups as well and outside of lane and team fights he's been a disaster to be honest like he is actually the thing that's holding vitality back the most right now I would say from like have I mean I think they'll get there in the end and by the way I think Alfari will get there in the end so this is not me um in 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 a way where I've kind of gone with this narrative that Wanda's just going to be straight garbage the whole season I'm not doing that with Alfari I think this guy will get it together and I think Vitality will be really really good but as of right now halfway through the split I do not think Alfari has performed anywhere near his expectation he's still fine mm. in the context of top laners but that's not the question right it's expectations versus reality and even him going from being S plus tier to B tier to me is a huge drop off so and uh, you know I'm like with you a little bit about him where I have him on my list but I've never really rated him that highly, so he's not dropped off like that drastically for me. Yes, I, I
2: actually do think, based on the fan thing, I think it's fine if we just agree it's Adam in that sense, mm. you know. Yeah. I I do, yeah. If, if it's about your expectations,
1: like Alfari coming back, you know, it's like, it's it's the turn of the boy. Like, he was the best top laner in... In LEC, easily this of a... as well.
0: Easily the best right. top laner when in this when last seen in action, even though he's on the tenth mm. best team or whatever the fuck, like he was easily the best top. Every time I spoke to like Oddo or other top laners, they were like, oh, "I I think I can match up with anyone, but uh, Alfari in Lane. Yeah, that's a tough. That's a rough one. That's a that's a yeah. rough one."
1: I guess I I I was gonna go with Razork and Adam, and we both mentioned those. I think Adam's a fair pick, honestly, based on expectations of like the community, maybe just the French community. I see, you know, I think before he wrote those tweet longers and turn the community against him with what he said about upsetting and his wife, Adam was very highly rated in general sure. by the community. You know, that whole trust trust in my Darius guys, whatever it was in the finals with uh, or in the, in, the, in the playoffs with Fnatic, like. It's, it's a very memorable soundbite from Fnatic's uh, performance last year as a team. And he just, you know, his Olaf picks as well. Like, and considering he is a rookie, right, and the stuff that, you know, very new to the professional scene in general, he won a U master's in spring, then came into summer, and, and definitely held his own. Like, I don't think he was, he was terrible. But in general, his expectations, I think, were pretty hard and, and pretty high, sorry. And as with esports in general, people tend to base, uh, they conflate how much you like a player with how good the player is. And uh they stopped liking him. <laughs> he didn't like Adam anymore. So they were like, Yeah, he's always been shit. He's shit. He's not gonna you know so I think I think it's fair to say Adam's probably probably a bit of the leader award this this split. I guess I'll give a bit of a a bit of a um honorable mention to ex Matty because he's he was he was high rated for ERL standards and I think there's been talk about him coming into the LEC for a few splits now, how he kinda deserved it from his performances in the ERLs. And has looked like the worst uh, bot lane I would say here so far in, in in LEC. But then again, BDS don't look very good at all. So yeah moving on and i love this one just for just for context for viewers uh, rich is the one who writes out our talking points for uh this show and this next we've gone from the leader award to the player who's most likely to get benched award i think that's beautiful mate so uh, yeah it speaks for itself at this point in the split who is the player that's most likely to get benched rich i will come to you first on this one
0: I would just say now I've lost all plausible deniability if anyone were to question me on anything that comes up in this show. So thanks for that. It's all uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously people are expecting us to say like Promise Q or whatever, but I mean, to be honest. Really?
1: Do you not think he would have been benched at this well, point? Yeah, I mean, Promise Q is basically like then.
0: the Queen of England at this point. Right? He's just a mortal. <laughs> He's, be- he's basically the movie version of Boromir just taking arrow after arrow while all the rest of his teammates fuck off and <laughs> hide behind the sofa and pretend they haven't had anything to do with how shit that team is. So yeah, I'm actually not going to say promise Q because I don't see a scenario in which he's getting benched. Um, I'm going to pick between two. One, the guy you mentioned a minute ago, ex Matty. And the reason mm. why, it's not even necessarily like purely performance-based. It's that it's the nature of the position that he plays. There's so much fucking talent in Europe in the AD carry position that he is an easy one to get to bring in someone who at worst is probably going to be a side grade, but more likely might be an upgrade, right? So I think X Matty. Um and the second one, and this one might be surprising because I don't actually think he's played badly at all, is Nuke Duck. And the reason I say nuke duck, mm. it's not going to be an outside hire or anything like that. Their Academy mid laner might be the best mid laner in Europe. That guy is a joke. m is ridiculous. And I know like this whole like all farmers league, blah, blah, blah. Like he's not playing in like the LFL or whatever. But this guy is absolutely ludicrous mechanically. And if he's not in the... Well, he will be in the LEC next split no matter what. Unless he has a visa problem and gets fucking military service and gets deported. Like he is absolute god tier talent. And to be honest, if I was him, if I was his agent, I would basically pull him as early as possible... And say, mate, you need to be playing in the fucking L C K like ASAP. I don't know if you burnt bridges or what's going saying? on. No, LCK. Like he sh- he okay. should be he should be trying to play He's a Korean he's- import. For yeah, he's well. a Korean. Yeah, oh, sorry, right, sorry. Okay, right. <laughs> sorry, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But only- Keep context in yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> for for those who don't watch the absolute essential viewing that is the NLC. Yeah, he is okay. a Korean mid player. But I mean he was playing in Turkey last split, just to give you some context. Last split In Turkey, again, not a great league, it should be said. He had 28 solo kills. The second most in the league was eight. This season, (laughs) in 10 games... He has 22 solo kills already. He's averaging three solo kills a game. He is just walking under tower level two with Kaiser and just 1v1 in the enemy mid. He's picked 10 unique picks and got at least two solo kills every single game on all of his unique picks. He's playing fucking control mages. He's playing assassins. He's playing whatever the fuck he wants. This guy could play Yumi mid and he'd be solo killing motherfuckers. This guy is ridiculously good at the game. And as I said obviously NLC is not the highest comp level competition and that's why I'm stopping short of saying he'll definitely be the best mid if, if and when he plays in LEC but I would say he'll definitely be the most talented player or top three top four most talented players if and when he plays in the LEC this guy is ridiculous and the reason why you sign someone like that especially as an import isn't you know because you put suddenly put loads of stock into I really care about e-masters now it's because Nuke Dark is a player who you know he's a great staple guy he's been a tremendous pro in the league for X amount of years but if you want to go above and beyond and they've shown they're willing to spend money they brought in Mickey X it's because you want to go on to bigger and better things and this guy if obviously there's always an element of coin flip with how people synergize especially with Koreans language barrier or whatever if here's Coinland's heads just that switch could win them the league like that's how good this guy is like mechanically it's it's insane so yeah that those are the two I'll go with and I will bet that he will be starting at uh, at the start of summer if they start really struggling and it looks like that they might miss out on playoffs if they don't make a change soon, they'll do it in spring, probably. If not, start of summer, regardless of what happens, unless they literally win the L- LEC and Nuked Up pops off, Ms. will start for XL at the start of summer. I would, I would bet a large amount of money on that.
1: Well, I mean, that's a pretty compelling argument. It's interesting, like, not just about how you're performing in the LEC, but, like, who's coming up behind you, you know? Who's chomping at your heels? Because that's always something, like, te- teams are willing to... Promote from from the inside if given the opportunity. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a on a limb here and say Gilius. Um, I don't think Gilius is necessarily The problem with the SK Gaming lineup, I think they've got a lot of problems. To be perfectly honest, they are currently in ninth place, two and seven, not looking too hot. Um, but I feel like okay, I'm gonna use a phrase you guys absolutely fucking hate. Smoke, no smoke without fire, right? Now I haven't heard rumors that Gilius is is being a dickhead or anything like that. But this man constantly finds himself getting booted from rosters in in, in ways that don't necessarily add up to his performances on split. And I mean, once it happens, just take, like twice- a
2: fucking, if you took a history book of League of Legends in Europe and just turned to a random page, it probably says. And then Gilius was benched. Like that's right. If people don't know, he he even back in the day had one of the most ridiculous like game pedias of all time. Like the team list is just like like 40 teams long as we in it
1: mate i'm old enough to remember <laughs> when gillies was was the next european jesus you know as a jungler like he really was back in this is this is way back in the day. at this Go point on. this is like season three of, uh, you know earliest but like yeah i mean he's always had this hype and stuff and and he's he's you know, I think he's a stable player. I do think. I think he's decent. And, and at his best, he really comes in and he fucks shit up in, in the best of ways. But, like...
0: Just, just by the way, to add to what you were saying, because I think this is, like, a really poignant point which puts it in the best perspective for uh, the average viewer who, like, maybe hasn't meticulously followed fucking Gilius' career. But mm. during that Schalke miracle run, the turning point was Gilius coming in. Immediately, click of your fingers, suddenly, what the fuck? Schalke just wins every game. Every game, and just get into playoffs mm-hmm. off the back of bringing this guy in. Immediately after that split, they were looking to replace him immediately, and it wasn't like mm, maybe no. It's like he's like a cursed
2: career, and he? he's got yeah. one of those monkey paw careers, isn't he? Yeah, yeah
0: they, was just, they were just trying to replace. It was like it was a it was a no brainer. It was just like right. Yes. So great, thanks very much. But so who's going to play jungle next year? Because it's not this guy. That was their plan of going right. into off season. So yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's he's not, and I just think. I don't know. I, I think the jungle role as well teams have shown like they're willing to mix things up in the jungle role because it is the role that can really change the identity of a team. Um I, even the fact that SK Gaming had Treats as their jungler um shows that you know they they they, they like what Treats does and they just really want it to just try and make it work so like fuck it we'll stick him in the jungle. Um yeah, I don't know. We'll see if that happens but Gilius being Gilius maybe uh yeah, I don't know if he's uh too long for uh his spot in the LEC either moving on here
2: this is the wish you were I never did my law that's the thing did you not (laughs) oh i'm so sorry yo i thought i
1: sorry i'm really sorry
2: all right (laughs) is the thing though but I I'm going to do mine a bit differently because I'm not I'm trying to actually treat this the way that the, the premise is phrased and the premise is who is the most likely to be benched so I'm not going to go by who should be benched or who I think it's not good I'm mm. actually going to try and figure also out like the politics of the scene. So, because for example right there's a ton of names here I could pick who should be benched tomorrow like fucking Adam probably should be benched at this point in time you could argue nuclear in, if you consider how many fucking mid laners Europe has like you could easily place him with someone better uh, Xmati he goes out to like, there's three players just from BDS. Then you go down the line. Most of the players on Escalate, like Jezu, I don't know how he's still even in the league. Like, I think that's outrageous in itself. Um, but what I'm going to do is this though. SK Gaming Typically I don't think Are going to bench players Like they look at like They just pick players And stick with them Even if they shit Just the nature Of where that org's at, at the moment I doubt BDS Benches either of the all And as I mentioned Because they're French And the whole thing's Supposed to be The dream that they're Going to Basically here's the problem They're going to they're gonna Hold on to Nuclear In And just pray that What happened to Fucking Vethio Happens to Nuclear In. But spoiler They're not in any way The same type of player So I don't expect it will So if I actually have to look Who essentially Is in the unfortunate Position of like like irrelevant to how they're playing, someone might just try and replace them. Especially if you want to... This is the move I'm going on. If you want to do the gamble, that you're much better next split and that you get the chance to go to Worlds. I actually think it's people who I don't think are even the worst players in leagues. So it's people like Mercer from Misfits. I think someone like that, you know what, they just come in, they just, whatever, they're just a whatever scenario. If you have a play, you think you can get in the the middle portion of the split, and let's say maybe a veteran player, or somebody you just think is better than the RLs, maybe you gamble on that role. I think another one I'd have to pick would be, let me think, what was the other one I was going to go with? Like, again, I, sadly, I don't think Astralis will change anyone, so I can't really pick anyone for those ones. Um, I will just say, to me, I'm amazed if someone doesn't fucking bench some of the lesser supports and just try Advian themselves. Like why would why was there not one team would try that move, you know? So like I would bench Promiscu and take him tomorrow, but again, no one really knows why he's in that team, is he? So I guess I'll go with someone like Mercer. There we go. I'll just say for political reasons, I think he's just in a tough spot in that sense. Cause his team basically is on the cusp of being really good. Someone gas replaced, like I doubt thought, look here, it hasn't been that great, but I doubt they're gonna replace him. They've sort of hitched their wagon to him over the last year or so. So I think it's just one of those scenarios where you're like the last. The door you're the first one out as well
0: Yeah. Just, by the way just two super quick points one the problem with Astralis and switching players is that no one wants to play on that org like people would much rather be on semi-decent erl yes. teams than playing for Astralis. Oh, so certainly. they have massive problems even trying to replace players otherwise you can bet half those players would not be there they just would not be there the other thing is just very quickly with mercer the really sad thing about mercer is i think he's just like a split or a season too soon i think this guy's legitimately like really good but he's like 18 years old. He's only played, I think, one full uh, competitive split in in like a, a proper level, i.e. Div, div one ERL or higher. And I think, I want to say it's kind of classic Misfits, where sure, I can imagine he probably was outperforming Vander in scrims, but if you promote these players too early you can destroy their confidence and you can actually destroy their career trajectory so in the same
2: world though it should definitely be an australis SKL bds player let's you go out and say no if we kick out the politics you should obviously be one of these players you know yeah
1: Yeah. and uh now that i've not forgotten about you but by the way last point as well. i'll say about this i know in the offseason neon and limit were playing together uh, on Schalke, right? And then they had to, you know, Schalke left and stuff like that. Um, Neon refused to play a limit. So um, I don't know whether or not... Um, yeah. L- yeah, that... he Tasty he leak. Ne- ne- Neon is a player. Remember, he got banned for a split for, for toxicity. He's been kicked out of teams as well due to rumored performance issues. And he is Mercer's ADC, right? So that might lead more... If he's got that kind of personality, he's like, "Fuck this guy, get him out of the team." And maybe Mercer might just be a casualty. And might be another reason why we might see him off of off of the team. But that's all speculation. By the way, uh, limit had...
0: limits has been shit as well. Like everyone who's like piling <laughs> in on ex Matty, how fucking bad has this guy been? Like he's just been abandoned in lane for like 60% of every laning phase to do completely inefficient pathing and, and wall placement. So yeah, I, it's it's not on, all on ex Matty. Already. Yeah,
1: for sure. That team's will over the shop and it's, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, man, we'll see if anything changes, whether BDS are happy with just keeping things as you are. Uh, like I said, I, I want to echo your statements, though. L- esports is a business and BDS's marketing is the way French and they have two French solid laners, so that's just how that's going to, I really would be shocked if any of those two solid laners lose their spot uh this split. Now we can move on to the next topic here. Now we've heard everyone's opinions. Wish you were here. Is there a player that's either in the ERLs that deserves to be in LEC or has moved on from the LEC that you want back? Someone who isn't in LEC that you think should be in LEC. We wish they were here. Who are they? Just so I don't risk uh, missing you out. I'll start with you.
2: It's is actually yeah. one of the ones I think can be the most wide open because like I'll I, again I'll try and be fairly strict to not make it too ridiculous like for example I won't say like you know Jensen comes over and plays for the first time and at least even though I think that would be an amazing storyline just because there was no indication he's Wood, he would essentially would have stayed in NA so to me the list has to be something like Jizuke is an obvious one mm-hmm. if you consider how he was playing in EG I think you look at some of the players who turned it down Cabochard, Reckless I mean Reckless didn't return down but obviously he was in a scenario where he just didn't get bought could have been in Fnatic, if people don't know, turned the deal down. So I think they're pretty obvious names. If I, let me think. If I have to actually plump for that, I think should definitely be in there. I think we'll go for Cabochard, because I actually think in the ERLs, even if people don't know, he wasn't actually the player that got all the hype all the time. It was actually often like fucking Sark in the mid laner and obviously his jungler. People go and ham for these players. Um, so to me, I actually think... I know that other people didn't him as crushed that he didn't join LEC. I thought if he'd have joined LEC, he would have been one of the absolute best top learners and he would have, like, wrote, like essentially his career would have a really cool renaissance. And, think of the teams I mentioned, he would have been going to a contender. So, everything could have been possible. So, I'm I'm just sad he's not in the LEC. I think it would have been great to at least see a year or two more.
1: I just think, how cool is that as well, by the way, that, that the ERLs are at a point now where... Some players are considering staying in there rather than being at LEC. LEC isn't the, the be-all and end-all for some of these players. let
2: also tell you how shit fucking SK and Astralis are, though. But yeah, I, I take no, it that's fair. I, take it but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, especially since Cabo's French and it's and it's KC, right? Like, that's, like, really high up there. Like, you see... XMAT, Twitter, man. He's got, like, bloody hell. He tweets, like, hey, hey, and he gets, like, 20,000 likes, man. He's not even French, man. He's a sworn enemy of the French. He's English. Like, people just... That, that, that fan base is... Cr- crazy it's great that we can get that kind of hype in the erl completely off topic anyway so rich moving on to you who do you wish was still in the lec or had an opportunity to play in the lec
0: so yeah with this with like well i guess more with like reckless i i kind of see it almost as what i was sort of talking about with like shocks and the lcs i actually think at this point in his career uh i i think we probably see most of what we're going to get in terms of like max value of both Performance and like hype that this guy is going to generate. That's not me saying that Reckless is falling off or something, but I don't think realistically, because of the person he is a little bit as well, that he's going to be on like some world championship winning team. So we've probably seen the best of him from a team aspect in that sense. I feel that the reason why I'm comparing it to like if Shocks were to go to the LCS, I feel like Reckless going to the ERLs, he's like actually more valuable there than he would be on an a L- LC- uh, lec team so i'm not really missing him quote unquote that much and what,
1: what do you mean by that he's more I valuable mean, than he, like,
0: well in terms of like the erl ecosystem and the eyeball I- like it's growing super super fast and reckless moving there gave it a steroid boost like it's on te- it's like full takeoff right now the erls are bigger than the lcs just straight up they're just bigger than the lcs now in terms of viewership so uh, and he is a, he's definitely a part of that. I think they'd have got there anyway. But I think it's actually cool seeing such a high level league in the LFL, which is separate to European esports. I always kept eyes on these national leagues to an extent, but I wasn't like watching every game or anything like that. I'm still not, but I'm watching way more as it happens rather than just going back and looking at boards to you know scout players or whatever um, because it's just more interesting because there's more overlapping storylines between the major leagues and and uh, the LFL and the LFL is at other than like the very top teams, the LFL is not that much worse in quality at all. A bunch of those teams are better than the bottom half of the LEC. And that's not an exaggeration. So yeah, in, in terms of like who I'm missing, I mean, obviously I've mentioned M that would be one angle that you could go with, which is like, I mm. wish I could see this guy now playing against the best mids, but I wouldn't go with him. Cause I, th- I think he'll be there soon enough. Anyway, I'm going to go with bean. Cause I feel like bean is someone Ooh. who actually probably should have been in a uh, LEC this split. Um, I feel that he was very, very, very good in the ERL's last split. I mean, if you look at Fnatic's yeah. academy team now, they're by far the best academy team. Like, they're absolutely insane. And they upgraded heavily in two positions. In top, they massively upgraded. They went from Pride to Oscarin. And in... Um, uh. Mid- but just to hit my bingo, that sounds dangerously close to Frostgorin, really, doesn't it? So that's unfortunate for him, and I would recommend a rebrand. Uh, they also heavily upgraded uh, mid laner because they went from Deor to backer, and backer is a really good mid laner. Um, and the rest stayed the same. So they've still got maxi was a really good jungler they've still got their bot lane um where bean was a shining star but rux is there he's still good and somehow without those two upgrades and with two weaker players in those positions they took KC to five games in eum i think it was five games either way they're in the final of eum and they gave uh, KC like really good games now i can't see them not winning it and then off the back of that, obviously Bean went to Worlds and that ultimately ended up being a really lucky decision because he was able to step in for upset. So as unlucky as Fnatic fans consider themselves for what happened, the fact that they'd actually chosen their AD carry to be their sub and he was already in Iceland was actually super fucking lucky. Because remember, that was in the middle of COVID. So if all the visa shit and all the effort it took to get people across, I don't know what they would have done if uh, if it had been a different position or whatever. Like they basically, they just have to play with fucking been in another spot so yeah, and I think he was good in Worlds, by the way. Obviously, it wasn't really clicking for Fnatic. You can't deny that their synergy was hit and that they were a worse team for not having upset. But individually, I thought Bean played pretty fucking good at Worlds for, for what should have been expected. And he was clearly the best ERL AD carry. The problem is, and I don't want to call out like individuals here, you had all this sort of cultish analyst hype, like these random fucking, for these random fucking players like Jack Spectra going on about how amazing this guy was. By the way, don't get me wrong. I think Jack Spectra is pretty good. But he's not Bean. Like, he's not even close. Bean's a complete LEC all-rounded AD carry right here right now all these other players that were being pushed ahead of him all well most of have enough talent maybe sometime in the future but even someone like X Matty who I think is a decent player this guy's not Bean how is X Matty getting an LEC ahead of Bean again I don't even begrudge X Matty being an LEC I think on the in the right circumstances he can be an LEC level player but he's not Bean so yeah for me that that's a, a clear cut one I think this guy was I don't, I don't want to say he was like robbed of being in the LEC because he was still under a he still had another year on his contract and Fnatic maybe wanted to run it back and win the UM or something. But yeah, I think um, he's someone I'd like to see in in the LEC sooner rather than later.
1: I think someone who's covered being a lot in the NL- NLC and watched a lot of that as well. He's he is very good. I think that's that's a decent pick as well. Am I too mainstream for saying Hans Summer wanting him back in the LEC? I'm, like yeah. he's he's he was arguably one. Of, yeah, top two. I would say, uh, you know, at worst in the in the LEC when he left, him and upset I think were just standout ADCs. He goes over to NA. We don't have him anymore, and and, and he's kicking ass over there as well. Like, but you know, the, sure you know, it... the
0: problem with that pick though is that mm-hmm. he got replaced by a player who one is arguably an MVP pick for the split so far, but two also replaced by a player who wasn't in the league prior to this split. Right, like he was frozen out of mm-hmm. vitality. So you've gone from having like. A top two, as you said, AD carry to arguably at this point in time, another top two AD carry who's just slotted right in and you haven't really lost. You're not like net negative, right? Unless you care about, you know, Han's brand or whatever, which I think is pretty, yeah. pretty fucking boring. Like, whoop do, you draw manga characters, congratulations. So <laughs> like for me, we've not really lost anything from like a playing perspective. I mean, we did lose a really good player, but comp is playing. But comp to me is a very similar player to Han's actually in a lot of ways. But from what I understand, with more comms and with less, whoops, I got caught a Baron in him. So, I don't know.
1: I still like... think he'd be an upgrade over comp, personally. Yeah, Not that comp's yeah. been bad by any means. I still think he'd be an upgrade. But he doesn't have to go to Rogue. Sure, Can you battery. imagine, like, if if, if G2 had Hanson instead of Flackett or something like that? Or, like, Mad lines Not that Unforgiven or Flackett have been particularly bad. Obviously, we mentioned Unforgiven's been really good as a, as a rookie. Um, you know, I would... I think Targamas as well for G2, like him and Han Summer, that could be a really scary, like, like upset hillersang level AD and support. I know Targamas is pretty new into the, into the, uh, into the LEC, um, but I have, high, yeah, I'm very high on him as well. So I'd like to see him and um, yeah, I do miss him a little bit, just a tiny, tiny little bit. Moving on to our next topic here. This is interesting one, nothing to do with the players at all, but the best LEC talent, either a caster, uh, analyst, host, whatever it is uh, anyone that you see on your screens that's part of the lec that brings you the games who do you think has been uh, most impressive to you uh, i'm gonna start with you rich
0: uh i mean obviously with something like this it's pure subjective like what do you like rather than mm-hmm. well you know i'm not gonna whip out some stats am i but um i would say that i think the lec i mean just across the board in like with the broadcast i think they've done a pretty good job like in recent years for sure, in terms of who they've decided to bring in and use and all the rest of it. And there's no one currently on the broadcast who I'm like, you know, I mean, I mute anyway, I'll be honest. I mute everyone anyway, most of the time, and usually just watch stuff back on the VODs. But um I've quite liked all the newcomers. Um I would just go for what now is I guess like a staple though, and I'd just say caedral I think he's the best colour caster guy in the West at the moment. Um and yeah, I don't know, just good cadence, knows when to shut up. Uh, funny but doesn't do the I'm not going to call him out actually but doesn't do the kind of cringe stuff over and over again and thinking that puns are literally still funny like seven times seven times a game uh, and I would also just kind of contrast it with the North American scene or the LCS broadcast where I really think these guys need to freshen their shit up like it's not necessarily that's been the same guys over and over but it's the same guys who have very obvious pitfalls over and over who have the kind of personality and voice and overall package that can if you don't like them you know akin to Marmite or whatever really grind on people especially the longer they're on the broadcast so my answer to that isn't kick all these old school guys but you do need to freshen it up and you do do need to bring more interesting people in I like that they've you know added Emily to like the analyst desk and stuff like that but that's not you know the casting talent and obviously this isn't exclusive to the casting talent I'm just sort of making a more general point that um yep. i think i think they've generally done a good job but yeah i'm, I'm gonna if i have to go for an individual i'm, I'm gonna go with uh I, I just think he's the best color caster
1: if i put an asterisk on this one because i would say caedral i don't know about you and whether you would say caedral as well but I, I honestly think he's like far and away the best talent we have on the lec so who do you think is the best that's not named caedral uh because that might be more interesting yeah. answers you know like if there's anyone else that's kind of stood out for you
0: Oof, uh
1: Hmm. All right, you can think yeah, about it. I'll yeah, give obviously. my answer why you think because I would say uh, Nimer has been really good. And Nimer, if you don't know who he is, which is fair enough because he wasn't even on NLC last split. Um, he he's an English uh, broadcaster. They they he just he knows a lot of shit and he's good on camera and I really respect that because that's my gripe with the LEC is I don't think. I think the LEC talent knows a lot about League of Legends, but I'm I'm not as convinced that they're like on camera slash like broadcasting. Uh, I just don't think they're like naturals at that. If that makes sense, it's like it's like there were people that were good at like have good game knowledge, and so they put them on on LEC and something there for, for for like a long time as well. So they're kind of almost grandfathered in at this point, um, but they're not necessarily like your like like amazing on camera personalities. So. I think Namera is pretty natural at that as well. He's he's very new to the scene. Um, you know who i well,
0: sorry just very quickly. You know what I'd pick, yeah, yeah. piggyback off off of that as well is he's kind of like because actually I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that as my pick. By the way, if I can't have Cadrill, I'm gonna go with mm-hmm. Nightmare as well. He's kind mm-hmm. of a less polarizing veteran, and not just because they share the yeah. same nationality or whatever, but the the way the way they talk about the game honestly appearance wise a little bit as well they look a bit similar but um obviously veteran is um i would say like one of the most uh, knowledgeable analysts when it comes to league of legends but he has you know certain mannerisms or whatever which some people love and some people really find off-putting and i feel like nightmare is like more of a ph7 in that sense where he kind of has a similar approach to talking about the game and, and presenting himself in certain aspects but he's much safer let's say and i don't mean safer necessarily in a bad way but he's much more Mm. riot feels safer about chucking him on the broad i mean evidently this is the case because veteran can never get a fucking job right um which i would argue is is a bit of an injustice but he uh i think sort of ticks all the boxes from like a pr uh perspective as well so yeah i'd probably go with him
1: what about you, Thorin? Who's your who's your broadcast hand on the LEC? I,
2: I would also have said like my shortlist does include casual but I'll actually piggyback on what you said about on-camera presence. This is where you know people who only follow League of Legends. By the way, if you only follow League of Legends, please for God's sake stop telling me everyone in League of Legends is the best in esports. By definition, you don't know esports. You just mean you really like them, like Foxtrop says. Because one of the things I find so unbelievably overrated, Foxtrop is how amazing LEC. Is. As a product, like look in League of Legends terms, it is the best possible because Riot, like essentially, had such a stranglehold on all those broadcasts for years. Believe me, I was there in the fucking trenches with the Frost Guardians of the world. The Kelsey Moles are trying to change the direction of the broadcast. It was like trying to turn a steamboat around It was very, very slow, tiny incremental progress, if anything. And you knew you might not be there at the end when it gets to where you want it to be. Well. I come from CSGO. Like, are people not aware of this? But what you, shop just mentioned there is basically something that no fan, with rare exceptions, unfortunately understands, which is, essentially, it's not about what you're saying, it's how you're saying it, it's your polish, presence, the, the vibe, the feeling when you see that person on camera. In CSGO, remember, we have people like Machine, Richard Lewis like yeah. I'd put myself in that category like we in this scenario like we just deliver when we're in these situations like the LEC has some good people but because of the turnover look how many look how few people have been there more than two years when you've only been there a couple of years it takes ages to build up that skill set like these are the things you polish after you've got your core talent at the beginning when you join the broadcast you're like Cajal you're just trying to be the guy who knows the most about League of Legends and then what you do is through working with different people and having a few different like moments of reflection you you level up your skill set a little bit so what I'm saying essentially is even though I probably would pick Cadrell so if we all did he probably wins this award I don't think it's as clear-cut like I I tried telling people this after Cadrell's first split the, you're, the worst thing you can do for this guy Is tell him he's already a 10 out of 10 Because he ain't And he definitely isn't in certain areas So like Everyone has to develop Everyone has to build up their skill sets So I think Ellie's a little bit overwritten In that sense So I would actually say If I can't pick Cader I would actually pick Law Because I think She actually does have a lot of that polish She has great on-camera person, uh, um, presence And I think for me The consistency of her job I think she just kills it pretty much every single week I think it's very rare I've ever seen her Seem to fall apart Or have a, month, a stumble or whatever I'd also say this as well You've got to also, when you're judging these categories, don't take too much of what the people themselves describe about themselves in the equation. Because if you've just noticed, if you follow the particularly a lot of the female talent I noticed on the LEC, if you read their like Instagram stories and stuff, you think they were all like the worst possible people at their job. They, they all seem like they're all really worried that like they're fucking up or like they, you know, they panicked in a moment. Like if you ever look on camera, it doesn't come across. Like I, they, I think they're overblown a lot of it. So if I ignore that and I'm just lucky with my pace eye of esports i think if i if not cager i'm taking law for that one
1: i do know as well since i have a bit of extra knowledge from working with with these people like um, it is the people who who worry about being bad who tend to be the best because they actually want to improve and they keep working on it Um, and you know, my personal opinion as well, I have some strong opinions on, on on these kind of things on broadcast. Like, I really value your on-camera presence, and exactly as you were saying, don't like your poise and just... How you come across like your charisma and stuff like that you mentioned people like machine he is like the go e-sports person for me uh, across all games and whatever because he's just so fucking natural like the way he talks and the way he presents himself like he could be talking it's about anything. anything yeah anything yeah.
2: Else is just going to flow into whatever he starts exactly about,
1: right? and 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 whoever you put him with as well like it's all going to be the same like you're just going to enjoy listening to him talk yes. about what it is if, if if they suddenly had like a fucking, like a, a plastering competition and he was the host of the desk of the analyst desk yeah i want to listen to what his desk has to say you know like he's just he just makes it entertaining uh, well, and i just...
2: i have one more thing to say as well this is just, just for all the fucking shitty little pleb fans out there which is just all of you let's be real right this is one thing you know they all tried to do that to me famously right Fox up they'll go think about authorities he doesn't really understand legal Legends very well neither do you you are all by definition fucking gold or silver players, most of your life if not boosted by boosting services you by definition not only don't know anything about legal edges in the context of LEC, but when you say Cajal knows it, how would you know? How the fuck would you be able to judge that? So what I would say is that's another thing I think mega overrated mate, like yeah, you'll it. notice by the way <laughs> when I had people like Kelsey Moser Frosco and Elmila on talk shows like four or five years ago, mate everyone on Reddit was telling me they didn't know what they were talking about, they're all idiots the joke is once they built up a of their on camera personality, they figured out what their identity was gonna be. Then all of a sudden that is this just shows what we're talking about. This quality it makes all of a sudden what before a pleb couldn't see just becomes obvious. Cause realistically, unfortunately, you could say the best shit ever about league, but if you say it with a quiver in your voice, and you don't seem certain, and you look at the ground, people just go, ah, just fucking talking out of his ass. Whereas if you come the best example ever of this was Yamato Cannon. The reason why actually people hated on Yamato Cannon is because he was too slick out the gate. So they were like, Oh, is that all he has then? Is he just like a voice and that like Cause he was from day one. He had like that fucking golden voice or whatever. Didn't he always have the suits on? So like, I think I, I think fans get really lost in the weeds. So why why you nailed at the beginning. Realistically, this category is just who do you like. And by yeah. the way, it could be as simple as who do you like the person, who do you vibe with. That's that's usually what we're picking from here. Like I, we're in the industry, so we we can maybe nitpick a little bit more than new ones. But even then, I wouldn't pretend to know like if how good the, technically the best caster is, for example. It's not my shit, is it? I'm not a play by play guy.
1: And I, mate, sorry. Let, i'm gonna run it for a bit here as well oh, because sure. you, you like i i just i feel that so much because like it's exactly as i say with players how people's opinion on the players where they're good players comes off where they like them point in case adam right he was great until he made the trick long as everyone turned against him suddenly he's a shit player and he always has been right and look at do you remember when lec first turned into lec from the eu lcs the first like year i would say the first few splits um everyone like it was the casting was pan, like universally pan, yes. Like the Desk, everyone hated it. Yep. And they would say things like, "Vedius doesn't know what he's talking about." They all the in the Exactly, <laughs> and it's like, like Vedius. If if Vedius has shortcomings, knowing the game is not one of them. Vedius is one be. of. The, but he he's. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything about the shortcomings, but like. Yeah, again, it's all subjective anyway. But objectively speaking, he knows what he's talking about. And LEC oh. was was at that time, in my opinion, one of the most analytical focus. And again, in my opinion, to a fault, broadcast in 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 league of legends history i won't talk about esports as a whole but but probably honestly in 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 esports in general how much they focus on the analyst side of things and breaking games down and telling you all about why this happened and how this happened and all that stuff and i know as well from working behind the scenes it was the goal of some of these casters to to have that as their brand they wanted it to be known as the biggest brain box you know of they they, 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 yes. they were um almost annoyed at the rise of people like ls and veterans at being these like social media personalities and how their people would worship these guys and every word they said they wanted to be them so they tried to just be them and and it was almost like they were broadcasting to show off their knowledge rather than anything else in fact i know for sure that's what that's that's kind of the goal like and and i know lc has worked that as like the casters you're there to work on your brand so you go out and you put on you say things what you want the the audience to think of you as and then afterwards in the post post game reddit threads or on social media you say yeah i was really working on my uh, on on my early game jungle pathing commentary i don't know if that showed or not just give me any feedback because then when you say that yes uh the the, the 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 viewers are like oh yeah yeah you did yeah actually yeah i did yeah you yeah. did good on it yeah yeah I'm you know amazed. you tell them what to think just by writing something like that and i know they do that because i've been told that they're like that's literally <laughs> what we do we go into those threads and type these kind of things and i think it's like circling back to what i was saying about how everyone pan panel on, on, on like people like Redis and stuff and like Frostguren and Ender, they didn't like them at all. Uh, then they started liking and as a caster as well because she was always gonna get hate, let's be honest, because she's a bit of a, a polarizing personality. Let's say, like before all of the recent stuff happened, but even when she was yeah, on even the just
2: show, her She's a bit like me. There's a certain crowd element of the crowd. She just want to like him, right? Exactly. Yeah. She doesn't. And yeah. She doesn't give a yeah. shit about it. She Absolutely. doesn't care, and she won't yeah.
1: hide it. You know. And of course, let's be honest. She's a woman on the broadcast, right? And, and she's a she's yeah. she's opinionated. Any any someone's opinionated, if they're a woman, they just get hated on more, more for it. That's it. Might oh, That makes course. sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, you know, they didn't like any of them on the show and that was one of the, but one of the criticisms for LEC was that they didn't know what they were talking about. It's bullshit, mate. They know exactly what they're talking about. They just don't have the, the on-person, like, the personality on-camera stuff. That's what they're lacking. You just don't like them. That's what it is. You don't like what they're saying. Like, that's got nothing to do with it. They're saying good shit. You just don't like these people. You don't like their personalities. So, what do they do when they move forward from the LEC in the first in the first year of the LEC? Is they start making content. And that content, you know, like, the music videos and like the 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 cringy stuff started embracing that and and then like the the cold opens and and these like um what's the I'm looking for like, like like things that like advertise the LEC like these funny things that they would oh, used to do like these, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 these kind of things and like Flexius and, and whatever suddenly people start liking these these, these on broadcast talent because they're making funny content and now you know what yeah these guys are good casters actually are they? yeah they've really no they haven't Fredius has been casting since like 2014 2015 whenever it was he came into the show he did not change from the year 2020 or 2019 or whenever the LEC started in one split he's not suddenly improved as a caster he's always been that caster suddenly you just like him now because he's doing funny shit. <laughs> That's all it is. It's just it's just it's purely an opinion-based thing about how you feel about these people. And, you, and the easiest way to prove that is when you ask people who their favourite casters are, what your what their favourite combinations of casters would be. It's the World Finals. Who's casting? They say things like, yeah, I think Captain Flowers and Quickshot would make a great casting pair. It's like, no, they wouldn't. They're both play-by-plays. They do yeah. the same shit. <laughs> you don't know anything about casting because you're just listing off people yes. you like to listen to if you think all these people would work together. They wouldn't. You can't do that. That's not how it works. It breaks the rules. Rich, are you going to say something before I kind of no, you I mean, and start I, getting no, angry? No, so. I was, I
0: was going to say, I do actually remember that period you were talking about where it transitioned uh, and they brought in the, the, the new people or whatever. And it was truly awful. I mean, I'm not someone who would like sit down and- Wait,
1: play. I was one of those news people. Yeah,
0: well, you're included Wait, then. Mean. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where they would just sit down and just almost have like a big dick off as, in terms of like mm-hmm. analyzing play after play after play. And it did really drag. Again, I don't- you know watch that much of it now but it is mu- a much cleaner more polished concise product now i would say that and you know to yeah. touch on on that you know foxtrot if we were to have a wish you were here for casters maybe we wouldn't actually have you you know who we'd have we'd have pulse remember really? pulse yeah. yeah jamie pull up that clip of him interviewing forgiven where he asked him what his favorite fucking ice cream is for a stream of tears you don't remember that fox drop
1: no nope. are you serious I don't you don't remember that. this yeah. guy
0: okay i remember polls i remember I don't remember that for, specific. For, for viewers who are like more recent well i have to break this down just a little bit basically forgiving gets a letter telling him he's going to have to do military service for the greek army compulsory military service it's his last game he thinks at this point in time right because he doesn't know if he's going to be able to get out of it and h2k win a game interview takes place on stage forgiven is already clearly visibly very emotional. Pulse chucks a microphone in front of him, you know, he doesn't know at this point, maybe he's just emotional about the game for whatever reason, asks him his Mm. opening question, and Forgiven basically just says, sorry, before I answer that, uh, I just want to say this is probably my last ever game playing League of Legends, I'm going to leave and go to the Greek army, and he's like saying this, as I said, like through a stream of tears essentially as this is going on, and then, I mean, I can't remember the exact quote, but then Pulse basically says something like, yeah, but what about that dragon fight? And it's just like the most, the worst example of reading the room of all time. Even the brain deads in the crowd, sorry guys, the guys that show up to the LCA at their studio every week are sort of, you know, there ch- cheering every word he's saying because they believe it's his last game or whatever. And you've got this poor guy who's clearly way out of his depth, at least from an experience I, 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 level. i though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just,
1: yeah. I mean, we're still talking about it now. Like, Yeah, it is a, that was
0: a truly uh, top-voted <laughs> Reddit viral moment, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, shout, shout uh, out to Pulse. We, wish you were here.
1: Legit, I'm gonna survive. vote for Wish you were here is me. It is me because during those dark days, you know who said, you know who, who everyone loved and read it when, when on emails like you, yeah, this guy, this guy should be on LEC. It was me, and you know, and you know what they said. His game knowledge is really good. No, it's not. <laughs> it's trash, and that's one of the reasons why they didn't really like. Some, some people didn't really like me on the LEC. Like within the LEC, they thought I was an imposter because I'm not. I'm not this big brain analyst. I'm there, and I bring the humor and the entertainment. But because I didn't have that 3000 IQ in it, and it was a very
2: 3000 IQ based broadcast at the time, you know, I
1: wasn't like the most
2: popular. By the room. way, fuck that noise. Like, uh, anyone even on that broadcast who's an analyst who tells you that, like, you don't, you don't belong here. It's like, first of all, one of you is just an American accent. That's it. The other one is a fucking mega nerd. You better make your whole thing being the professor of League of Legends. And spoiler, my mates LS and a bunch of Monty, cetera, still dust you off any fucking day of the week. And then, secondly, it's a fucking entertainment product, you moron. As I just went on the whole rant, it's a bunch of golds and silvers watching us all. They can't even differentiate yeah. between a 10 out of 10 big brain. And a nine out of 10 big brain. So, for God forbid they ever would know the difference between a seven out of 10. And ten. So, to me, really didn't the, number one, <laughs> the number one rule of any of these broadcasts and esports is be entertaining. And there's a lot of people out there at, at Foxtrop whose only shit is I'm really smart. But you know what? Being smart doesn't work unless you can be entertaining with it. You have to still be able to deliver it. you got to have the whole personality. Like at the end of the day, if LS really was just a nerd with no social skills, no, no one would listen to him. He'd just be a nutter ranting into a camera. The whole reason that we're now interested in his ideas is because he's such a fascinating personality, isn't he? So, I don't know what you mean, mate, but, like, I've always thought that's so, so whack. Because oh, the I same agree. thing, by the way. Like, in CSGO, you don't think we can get 50 people who know the tactics better than me. Yeah, of course. But tell you what, there's about two people ever could maybe do what I do. Though. Like, I'm bringing something different to the broadcast. So, I've always thought people... I think that's, like, a weird thing where, basically, it's the same that, that players do if you don't know. Players really do think, like, raw mechanical skills should be, like, the ultimate fucking metric of all time. So, they can't ever comprehend by the way how like some player that they think's way less skilled than them could be a better player even though they obviously can be because there's more to the game isn't there i
0: mean i would actually argue as well that from a default perspective when you're talking about mass appeal probably or in a lot of situations the seven out of ten guy is actually probably way more palatable for, oh, for the average certainly guy. i mean again yes, the, the no. one the one the one criticism i'd make in terms of his uh analytics that i would levy against someone like veteran is that he well, quite a lot of the time, he can't stop himself from going super in depth. It's like, mate, you only need to stop here. You don't actually have to go that Mm -hmm. further away because they won't even understand the concept that you set up to preface what you're about to say. Like, this is entertainment. Like, it's not always about being the biggest brain. And you know, I'm not saying he does it for that, but some people can't hold themselves back. They feel they're they've made like a semi salient point, but now they're about to make the big point. It's like you already lost half the audience at the previous point. You didn't even understand what you said. If I have someone who's got a seven out of ten brain for the game and has good cadence, entertaining and a good way of presenting that, and he has to stop at a seven out of ten because he can't go further, that sounds pretty perfect to me. Yes, absolutely. Yep.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean I could run about this for ages, it's legit. i already have so i think we should move on because this is this is this is the mid-season award show not grumpy angry fox shop moments about previous employees uh so let's move on to the next award that we have enough talking about on on air talent uh there mid-season mvp this is a pretty big one so who do you first i think we should define mvp because this is always a bit of a gray murky one is mvp the best player that we have in the lec so far or Is it the player that is the most valuable to the team? If you take them out of the team, does the team stink? which one do you guys think it should be the first Very or the interesting second just
2: an angle on this one because I and by the way I'll probably do like a Thorin's Thoughts video on this topic because one I've had in my mind mm. for many many years because I've had this mm-hmm. same thing happen tons of times in esports and especially by the way in traditional sports it happens so basically the current media landscape in esports mirrors what they do in American sports an MVP goes like this the first threshold is you have to be on one of the best teams if you're not on one of the best teams it doesn't matter how good you are they don't let yep. you be the MVP that's just the way it goes I'm afraid. same how even uh, by the way even like people like Michael Jordan couldn't be the MVP if their team hadn't won enough games basically in the NBA so they're yeah, so at least shoulders. made the playoffs yes the so, so usually what <laughs> they're actually doing is they're just deciding among the teams who are the best who do I guess is probably the best player on that team and then they're using the logic of like the game itself sorts the rest out right I personally don't buy that and what I've even got an angle that I think is super unique which goes like this because what you're saying there is how it always gets backed into what they eventually start saying is it's the most valuable player to their team and the, the problem I can tell you right now is this always sounds like an interesting hyperbole? It's not at all. All people do then is they try to find the best player on the team that's a winning team but not the most winning team and so they're the one who clearly like has to hard carry the team right? Here's the problem with that logic is you're going to get many scenarios where for example a team has a bunch of good players and it just so happens this one player is really unique in his playing style. It's not even the best player. He's just so unique he makes the team work. So in my opinion you can get really lost in the woods. So I've, I'm spinning it differently. I think it can be any player because technically it, it, the award is not called, are you ready? This is where I've nailed him. The award isn't called most valuable player of his team. It's called most valuable player of the LEC. So the question is, who in the whole LEC would be the most valuable player? So spoiler, in my opinion it also should be the same answer as who would you start a team with out of the LEC today? because logically it's the best player. So in my opinion, I do think you can be on any team. So with that said though, my actual pick for this one is going to be a boring one which is, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's Larson of Rogue and it's because first of all, I think the eye test checks out like a motherfucker. I mean, off the top of my head, I think he had something like three deaths over fucking six games and they were all in one game, by the way. Like, yeah, He had some insane stats. Look at the champion pool he's playing. He's not only playing the traditional mages you'd expect. He's playing a bunch of different stuff. He's basically shown that like he isn't just fucking sticking to the old Oriana pick in fact sometimes he shoots some Oriana picks then I would also add in he just lost the jungler who not only was the MVP but some people thought should be the MVP both splits last year and then finally he plays in theory the most pivotal role in League of Legends so to me I think at the moment essentially the problem with Larson is I, I have a hard time picking anyone else over him so for me he has to be my MVP all right, I'm rich.
1: What firstly, do define what you would say is your MVP? And, yeah. Uh, who
0: so be. Either, I mean, either sim- I have a similar silly me i've always taken mvp to literally mean what the letters stand for so i've never bought this idea either that it's like okay well who, who are the top four teams Who is the best player like i think that's a complete nonsense i think hypothetically the mvp could be on the worst player uh worst team in the league i think arguably that split where alfari was uh playing on origin you could have made a case that he was yeah, the mvp contender um oh, i do understand that You know, there can be a a, a somewhat of a metric where you say, yeah, but it has to affect winning. But it has, for me, in the the pure meaning of MVP, it can only so far as affect winning in terms of his individual aspect of how that tipped the seesaw, not on they have to be a winning team. So, but one thing I want to ask Thorin, though, is something that you said was, if you're looking at it through the lens of, if I was starting a team tomorrow, who would I pick? And I find that slightly curious just because, again, obviously, you know, this is in the context of the regular season, sure. But obviously, projecting forward, you have to keep that pick for playoffs. Do you feel comfortable keeping that pick for playoffs?
2: I know what you mean in that sense. But, like, essentially, like, I can't just... Like, here's the other problem. The other people who would be in the mix for MVP for me, they aren't, like... Perks, so like it's not like it's someone who I can go out well, are definitely going to be good at the play. I actually think this is the one split I've ever seen where most of the narrative that we usually do, if you people have followed the game a long time, where like you don't trust a playoff choker until they prove it. So I don't think that even counts for this split, mate. Because okay. I think the teams are just too different. Like, there's no real core roster to stay together. Like who, is, like, who is proven who's going to make it out of this list? You know, I feel like the people on the list are probably going to be a bit, bit more out there as names right sure
0: i mean i think like in terms of the how the actual voting will go i assume obviously as it sort of sounds it'll be a rogue player i assume it will either be i would guess by the end of the split because obviously i'm assuming junglers are going to catch, catch up to Maorang. i assume it will either be oddo Larson or comp most likely but um in terms of my pick I, and in terms of the final point and how i would sort of criteria this in terms of league of legends i'm going to look at it from the aspect of if you were to remove that player and replace them with a sort of an also ran character in their slot what would the impact on that team be so in my definition weirdly i'm not i'm going to exclude all rogue players because i think the players are so good that in terms of value to their team none of them have like basically a world bending value Fox, as an
2: individual Look, watch and learn right he's about to just pick Targamas from gt right go
0: ahead no i'm picking i'm uh, picking Syncroft. Because I think, even though that they've won yeah. very few games, I think he's been by far the best player on their team. And if you were to replace Sinkrov with, let's say, Zanzara, that's just a 0-18 team who is absolutely garbage and not in contention for anything. BDS could still, it's not that unreasonable, suggest that they might make playoffs. And if they did, it will be off the incredibly heavy bag carried by Sinkrov from fucking Jerusalem to Nazareth. So I'm going to...
2: But by that logic, has Synchro played better than Larson or do I Comp?
0: Well, I think he's been more valuable to their team. To his team.
2: Because if you remove... Well there we go I nailed it Foxtop earlier I gave you the Most valuable player Of the LEC And he gave you The most valuable player Of BDS So different answers But you know
0: No no, because in terms Of standings In the LEC Mine has a greater impact Because if I remove Syncroft They go 0-18 Yeah
2: but what What you've just created Is a completely arbitrary Stand That that has nothing to do With even the history Of the term MVP What you did is What's called Wins over replacement So what you said is If I take this player out His team gets way worse Is an MVP Like you put the player in And the team gets really good like, you're judging the opposite criteria as far as yeah, I can Yeah, but tell. I
0: could replace Larson with another mid laner and they might still have the exact same record. So his actual... And intrinsic- I would say they wouldn't. Okay, well, fair enough. But I think they...
2: <laughs> then let- let's just pause a sec. By that logic... In the history of League of Legends, Reckless can never be an MVP. Perks can never be an MVP. Caps can never be... They've never been 1v9 on these teams, so it can never happen. Every single year, there should have been a a worse player who was more valuable for their team. In fact, you know what? That means in certain periods of time, Nukeduck was arguably more valuable to his team than Caps was to his team.
0: Absolutely. I don't disagree. I think it's a a silly award, at least in isolation. I think there should be a best player award and an MVP, because I think they're two completely different things.
2: It's the reason why also, by the way, I always fiercely defend the idea it's the best player, because to me, the whole premise of the award is it's obviously like, uh, get some spoiler guys, there's no such thing as an MVP in a 1v1 sport because whoever wins the most is just the MVP, right? So bear in mind, we're doing a team sport, but it's an individual award. To me, the whole premise of MVP is it allows you to have a scenario where you can say, like, I'll, I'll give you an example. You can say, damn one, you are the best team, clearly, but you know what? Maybe the best player is actually Knight from tes even though his team isn't as good like it allows you to still acknowledge the individual greatness so that's why i know your method it's a very popular one it's basically the most it's basically as far as i can tell how a lot of mvps are calculated i just personally think it should be the best player
1: i think uh both yeah if, we, if we're going to split up rich's argument which is most valuable to their team and more of thorn's argument which is honestly just kind of the best player I'm gonna go slap bang in the middle here. I'm picking Sang because I believe you take Sang out of Fnatic and suddenly they're a lot worse as well. And you can slot yep. Sang into other teams, and I think he would he would upgrade most teams. Like he's he's a, he's at least a player that 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 does stuff. You know, he tries something. So even if he is gonna be on like a BDS or an Astralis or something like that. He can, you know, he's gonna flip enough games. Sometimes you're gonna land heads, right? He's, he, he's he's a catalyst player, and I I love watching that. And also I just think he's been performing really bloody well. Like, genuinely, like just just not not just his, oh, Hilosang being, Hilosang, being crazy, and you know, his team's gonna have to mop up the mess he leaves behind him, but sometimes it works, and that's great. I actually think he's being consistent, you know, like he's not he, he finds windows that no other player can find, like engaging on Zidia, and he turns it into an engaged support somehow. Uh, and he's not even just like always having the highest death total in the game uh in, in all of the matches that he's played so far i generally think Hiller sang's having like the split of his life um and yeah i i really really feel like he's he's just he's leveling it up like everyone loves Hiller sang already but to me he he's he's yeah I, I think so far this split especially like he's just been like one of the best performers and uh, i also think he's exceptionally valuable to Fnatic. Do you think, a, oh, by the way, like
2: also, one. on either category, you could also give an honourable mention of Ethio. Yep. I mean, either for Bruno's overplacement replacement or just raw best player. Especially,
1: you know? uh, it's, I always say, especially value to his team. That was one of the reasons why I said he was most surprising. Like, I think he's been, he's been great. Um, we're going to move on to our last award here, and somewhat similar, I guess, to... Uh, Uh, MVP of the the split we're gonna choose a whole team of MVPs uh, all pro team of halfway through the LEC Who would you choose as your team? And I I guess you could just do the best player in each role But also there's maybe some nuance here is if you wanted to you know choose maybe some Specific synergies or maybe choose a bot lane rather than just the best ADC and the best support or something like that However, you want to mix it up Uh, Who would you choose as as, as your all pro team rich? I'm gonna come to you first.
0: Yeah, so I'm not doing the who would work well together thing because I think it's an injustice to the person who just played better in their role. Um, yeah. So I mean, top lane for me is pretty clearly Odd I think he's just the best top right now. I think the other tops that are have his not Wonder.
1: You're not going to choose Wonder.
0: I, well, I was going to say the other top laners who have historically been S <laughs> tier or near S tier are just not playing on his level right now. Wonder, Alfari, for example. These guys are still uh, well alfari is still a good top laner but who may return to that form um but right now i think uh oddo is the best i think broken blade would probably be second i guess for me um but no for me Otto is fairly clearly top uh in jungle of obvi- this one's probably the most difficult for me because i can't really leave my mvp out uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I actually could by my... I mean, logically, he should have yeah. to be
2: your all, all-pro player, by the way. Oh yeah,
0: and he, and he is. But obviously, the like, honourable mention goes to Maorang. Uh, I'd have a mm, somewhat, you know, difficult time creating a completely foolproof argument that Syncroft has objectively played better than Maorang. But in leagues, so many variables... I I, I would go Sincroff in the jungle just. Uh, mid, I'm actually going to go Perks over Larson, which... Um, again I just I feel like similar to Maorang, I feel that Vitality started out looking so disjointed and basically Perks was the quickest player to get his shit together and looks legitimately really good so there's a slight projection of going forward who do I think will be the MVP by the end of the split as well in the mid lane so I'm I'm actually going to go Perks over Larson people forget as well by the way Larson's playing really well he did have a I think two horror games at the start of the split, which obviously he is rectified. You know, I'm, uh, he, he's overall, he's had a good half the split, but you can't just delete those from memory. Perks have won as well, but it, it wasn't as egregious from what I remember. Um, AD carry, I've got, it's got to be comp, I think. I, I'm struggling to think of someone else who I'd have. Maybe I'm missing someone, but I, I think it's just got to be comp. Uh, I think as well the th- the argument for Comp is that, and o- Comp honestly would have been in my MVP discussion uh, to a certain extent as well, just by virtue that he had to move team. So it's new environment, like the reason why, for example, Comp for me is a bit ahead of Oddo, for example, in the MVP voting is otto had lay way fewer things to adjust to sure new jungler is a huge adjustment new ad carry is an adjustment but it is same coaching staff plus they've added some new guys cool same environment that he's playing in same members of staff three of the uh, two of the same teammates like he had less to adapt to everything was brand new for comp and he basically just clicked immediately and was probably playing the best in his role um so yeah he he's my ad carry and then support is the other difficult role for me because it's between Trimby and Hillasang, And I'm not really... <sighs> See, the tiebreaker for me, I guess, again, it's not really fair, but I just sort of go on gut instinct of who is a better support player and who do I trust more when it matters, and that would be Hillasang. But I don't know if that's fair in terms of judging their performance up until this spot. So I'm actually going to inverse that and be sort of a, a little bit... Um, unfair the other way around and say that uh, because he's received less limelight and so on I'm going to give it to Trimby I just think he's been really good and I'm just using that as a tiebreaker I'm I'm not using that to have him leapfrog Hilly I I really can't pit between them but I do suspect that Hilly will be up for honours at the end of the season so I'm, I'm going to go for Trimby
1: so that's a Synchro, Perks, Comp, and Trimby. So I mean, the obvious like... joke is you
0: could just have the whole rogue lineup as well. Yeah. Like, essentially. Well it's three out
1: of five rogue and you're also still debating Larson and Maurice, to be honest, weren't you? So I mean but that's fair, like they're undefeated. Like it's kind of hard to really act, to really argue against that and they've all looked very good. But uh Dorian, who's gonna be your 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 all pro team so far?
2: yeah the tough part about this one is the fact that Rogue obviously they lost the Australis game now but basically almost never lost means that people in their losses are going to look so much worse than the Rogue players it's hard to pick other players for some of the business. so for example I will probably just default to saying Amne is the best top laner but if there hadn't have been those first three dog shit games for Vitality I would actually take Alfaro because I think he's a better player and I think even his style of play is more worthy of an individual award I think Odo Amna's style typically is to be the tertiary carry so but those first few games were fucking terrible in vitality and beyond that I actually think top lane probably the worst role in fucking LEC. I mean it's an ADC is giving it a run for its money but fucking hell there's some bad players in top lane. So I think Odo can have that one by default. Jungle's a hard one as well for similar reasons to what Rich said. Like on paper I think he, it's he, there's, you're almost on some level hating on Malrang if you don't give him it. He has been like super important. Even so, with the argument I said earlier, I do think him just on his own. Like here's the difference: if I would used like the logic of Richard before and I swap their teams and I put Synchro on Rogue and Malrang on BDS. I think Synchro is probably doing as well. It'd <laughs> be totally fine. I think Malrang would just look shit. Not, not through any virtue of his own. Just, he wouldn't have anyone to enable, would he? Those players wouldn't fucking do anything. So I'll just say, just based on the current point, I could do Synchro, but I'll do Malrang for now. So I'll say I've given the rogue top play. Actually, here's the problem. I don't want to take too many rogue players, though. <laughs> right? Maybe I'll take Synchro maybe- just to not have too many rogue ones. Because the problem is, I'm going to have Larson uh, as my mid laner. I just think he's been the best mid laner overall. Like I said, what's he done wrong? I'd have a harder time arguing against him than arguing someone else's favour. Um, for ADC, I could go upset for this one as well. It's just, I don't really... Again, similar argument on the comp one. It's not that he's, like, blown my mind. It's just, I can't ever remember I'm having a bad game. Every single game felt like he either did his job or was actually pretty fucking good, especially, obviously, in teamfights. So, I've got to take him, and then I'll say I'll have Hiller sang as my support. I, I'm Listen, I'm not a trim here. I think he's proven himself by now, but... I still also think he maybe benefits from having some very good teammates. So I'll just say, I think Sang is probably the most impactful support player. I mean, he's got to be one of the most ever, right? So I'll take Hillersang for that one. I could have gone with the Fnatic bot lane as well, but I'll say if we're doing, I think you should, as Rich said, you should do it roll by roll. Like, just because Hillersang plays with upset. If I think Comp was slightly better, I think Comp deserves the spot. So yeah, there you go.
1: I think honestly, I'm. I've written. Really, I my my pro team would be Odoamne, Malrang, Larson, Upset, and Hilly. But I, it just almost feels weird because it's like the top side of the best team and the bot side of the second best team. You know, it isn't team law, right? Yeah, it would be. it Very much would be, and I think that would be the best team that you could craft. But I think there is arguments for. Uh, for Perks, I think, is it has a decent argument in the mid lane as well. Um, I would say Viteo as well with the way that he's played. If you were to stick him on maybe something oh. like Vitality or, or Rogue, uh, they look pretty pretty spicy as well. Um, and yeah, I just think with this point in the in the season, Maorang, I think he's earned it honestly as a jungler. Like yeah, Synchrov, absolutely like he's. I'm more impressed by Synchrov than I am with Maorang because when you think about the context of how these players are performing. Uh Synchro is like, fuck me. I don't know how he's Yeah, yeah, I don't know how he's doing anything, honestly. Like Synchro could have like he could he could be the worst jungler he, he could be the worst jungler in the LEC. You stick him on this BDS lineup and you say to yourself Ah, yeah, but what can he do? You know what I mean? Like, it's not his fault. And then you just give him a pass. You give him a wash for his performance, right? But the fact that he's still been able to look very good is is, is exceptionally impressive, honestly. Um, but I do just think Maorang, with what he's been able to do, is, you know, I'm just going to give it to him and, you know, Larson, Larson's Larson. And I I agree. Like, bot lane is kind of like the weakest role, maybe, that we have here in, in, the, in the LEC. Like, we've got quite a few rookies in the bot lane or players that, are, you know, are kind of like... Uh, like bubble LEC players are kind of in and out of LEC lineups. Uh, we've got knocking about as well. Um Like Patrick, I think is, is, is very, very valuable to that XL lineup. But, you know, I, I think comp has a very good shout as well. Uh, well, yeah, I think it's definitely comp- yeah, comp is very, very good. He's played very, very well. I just, it's it's boring, but I just don't really think I can really give it to anyone else at this point. Like, I just think that's, they're just the best performing players and with a, with a few nuances there, as you mentioned, Rich, So like you had a few different people and, and, and Sinclair as well. It's, that's really where it's got to be for me. Um, that's all we've got though for our awards here we don't have any other awards um i suppose it's a little bit rude to do a uh an all no team of half the split teams that you absolutely would not want to see <laughs> or players you would not want to see and you know what i'm not even gonna ask you to do that because that would honestly just be a little bit rude they're probably in a bad enough spot as it is uh we'll just take uh Astralis and maybe we'll chuck adam in the top lane um is there anything else you guys want to uh, contribute to our award show here or are we uh weak enough to wrap it up?
2: I mean, I would oh, say... say I've got one that you should do next time, which is the ne- The other category is just most improved. I would do mm. that one next time. Yeah. It's got just, you're going can have a pretty good conversation around yeah, it. that. Real one.
1: quick, who's your most improved, Soren? Like, 10-second answer.
2: I mean, the logic for that one probably would be like syncro, right? I never thought he was going to be some monster who yeah. became an LEC. I thought he could be decent.
1: What about you for that one, Rich?
0: Uh i'm not sure i do think that is one that works better obviously at the end of the split than you know nine or ten games in so i'm i'm really not sure i would just say by the way that there are actually two secret awards which are worst banter and best brand builder which actually both go to the same player which is flacked but just by (laughs) replying ratio to absolutely everything on twitter but he does does have more engagement than the entire league scene combined and he He ratioed ratioed the he ratioed the Pope on Christmas Day, so what can you do? Other than getting ratioed, of course, and taking the cell. He's like nothing you can do really, can you? So he, he wins both those double awards, so congratulations to him. Can't really argue that.
1: Yeah, I don't that's oh man. How did he even get a following off to rate like he's huge on I saw I didn't even I hadn't heard of him before this? It's it the
0: greatest fucking... it is the greatest single ratio of just rubbish banter slash social media presence versus success rate like it's actually m- truly mind-blowing by the way i also want to change my mid pick i'm going with vto for mid i've just decided i think okay. that, i think that i think misfits are just doomed without him so yeah I'm just changing my pick because i can Fair play
1: outside of the secret wars anything else you want to say is around uh halfway through the split no Going once, going twice. All right, banging. We're out of here. Thanks so much for watching, guys. Thanks for watching our award show. We'll be back again next week with the same old nonsense as we begin the second round robin of the LEC. And we'll see whether Mowering falls off a cliff like El Yoya said he would and we alluded to. Maybe. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll catch you next time.